I'm trying to catch my breath. All right, we all figured at 27-13, the Eagles were probably going to take the L, but what a thrilling finish. Unfortunately, the comeback comes just a little short as the Eagles fall to the Kansas City Chiefs by a score of 27-20. to Welcome to the post-game show presented by Rico. I'm Chris McPherson alongside Ike Reese. There are so many layers to unwrap to this game, but the first thing that I'll start off, we'll, we'll take the immediate emotion coming out of this game and for me it's going to be missed opportunities yeah and it's going to be especially at the ends of the both halves of this football game you look at the end of the first half where the eagles got the ball with 17 seconds left chiefs just got a field goal to take a lead you figure okay if if doug pearson wants to kneel on the ball go into halftime he gets the ball to start the second half you could be like okay that's fine you could understand it. it's what most coaches would do in that situation they run a play to run play to darren sproles gets a chunk yardage then they go deep to Zach Ertz. Terrence Mitchell, the quarterback, puts the ball up in the air accidentally. doesn't know where it's at. Zach Ertz, great frame of mind, is able to catch it, run down the sideline, almost scores. Sets up what should be a field goal for the new kicker, Jake Elliott. Chip shot. Chip shot. Misses it. Yeah. Three points left right there. End of the game here. About two minutes left. Eagles go down to get the Nelson Aguilar touchdown to get within the touchdown. Trey Burton. Gets the onside kick, recovers it for the Eagles. The team has one last shot to go to the end zone. They had an opportunity there, but not able to get it. They had all their big guns out there on the field. Alshon, Torrey Smith, not able to get it. Obviously, not a high percentage play, but to me, just missed opportunities. And when the Eagles come out of this game, there's a lot of things to feel good about this football team, Mike, but you feel like that they had the opportunity to win this one on the road today. Well, I mean, just another step in the growth of this football team. I mean, going into a hostile environment like Arrowhead Stadium, I played out there a couple times. I know how loud it can get out there. Um, they played well for three quarters, three and a half quarters, couldn't finish the game. That's what they're learning to do as a young football team that's learning to be consistent. And when you go in a place like Arrowhead, you look at the bottom of the graph we just had up there a second ago. To me, those were the two telling factors. Two for five in the red zone. You got to get uh, touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, missed opportunities there. And then two turnovers. I mean, the Chiefs didn't turn the ball over at all. We turned the ball over twice. The Chiefs get 10 points off of our turnovers. To me, that's the difference in the football game. I mean, when you look at this thing, the Eagles are going to feel sick coming back home to Philly because this is a team that they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with and matched them big play for big play, defensive, defensive stand for defensive stand. The Eagles deserve to win this ball game to a degree, but in the end, you can't make mistakes like they had on the road, turn the ball over, give the Chiefs credit. They took advantage of it. They capitalized on it. Uh, when you go into a place like Arrowhead, you got to play nearly a perfect game. You got to play nearly a perfect game. The 10 points they gave up on the turnovers plus the missed field goal uh, right before the half, that's 13 points right there the Eagles should have had on the board. And I'll add four more points because on the opening drive, the Eagles did get a field goal. Jake Elliott's first in the NFL, but Carson Wentz threw a perfect ball to Torrey Smith. Spun off the defender. Should have had it. Yeah. You know, you talked about the red zone, not able to convert two of five. That's one of the missed opportunities there. So right there, that's another four points. So you look at, you tally up 17 yeah. Lost points there for the Eagles on the field, and the score is 27 to 20. If even if the score had ended 27 to 13, the game would have been that much closer because yeah. this was a tie ball it's game. 13, with 13, it was nine, nine minutes, minutes, to go. Nine nine minutes, minutes, minutes to go. left to go. Yeah. And then how, how about the irony of the go-ahead score in this game coming from Travis Kelsey, a 15-yard reception off a shovel pass. The shovel pass. It's just like Andy Reid just digging the elbow <laughs> in there, be like, "You saw this a few That's times in Philadelphia. Yes, you knew it was coming pass. at some point." 
and he unveiled it at the clutch moment there. But you make a great point there, Ike, as we're going to hear from Doug Pearson, we'll hear from Carson Wentz just a little bit. You make a great point about the development of the two teams, where they're at. The Chiefs are at the point where they're contending. They're a playoff team every year, just about. They've been to the AFC Championship game. They're they're eyeing the Super Bowl. This is, to them, this is the peak for them. They're trying to break through and get to the Super Bowl this year. Okay, they've gone toe-to-toe with the best in the AFC. They went to Foxborough in week one and stunned the defending champion Patriots in a game where I think everyone said, you don't go on the road to the team celebrating the title and beat them in that Thursday night kickoff event. Handily, too. And 21-0 they won in the fourth quarter. And this is another game. You know, when you look at the Chiefs through these first two games, they dominated the games in the fourth quarters. They finished strong, and that's what the Eagles were not able to do on this day. So the Eagles made great strides last week in that win over Washington. You get the one on the road, start off good in the division, you know, be a team that's beaten you five straight times. All great things to accomplish there. But this was a litmus test for the team because I thought that this team could play with the Chiefs, and they did. Like you yeah. said, they were toe to toe right there. You know, body blow for body blow. You know, even the big plays they were matching each other just didn't have enough to get over the top. And when you just add up the little mistakes one by one, that's going to be the difference. It's not going to be so much one big play that really made the difference. It's just little things that accumulate over the course of the game that if you don't take advantage of them, they're going to come back and bite you. Yeah, no doubt about it. Just mistakes, mishaps that really allowed the Chiefs to stick around. I thought the Eagles, for the most part, did a great job of dominating the game, really, in the first half. It's just the score wasn't indicative of the way that they were playing in the first half, and it was due to some of their self-inflicted wounds. Here's another thing you can't do when you're a young team going into Kansas City. You can't be one-dimensional. You know, the running game has still been a struggle for this team. Last week, we didn't run the ball very well. This week, again, Darren Sproles was our leading rusher. You look at that, 107 yards, a lot of that. Uh, Darren Sproles was our leading rusher from the running back position. I think Carson Wentz may have been the leading rusher overall with 55 rushing yards on four attempts. So if you take away Carson's 55 rushing yards, you're looking at what, maybe 59? My math math wasn't very good uh, coming up, but you get get the point. Only 10 rushes from Darren Sproles, three from uh, Wendell Smallwood. No rushing attempts from uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt this week. Eagles got to get the running game going in order to beat teams like this. You're going to play a tough team in the New York Giants that if you drop back 40-something-odd times, 50 times against that Giants defense, you're asking for trouble. They have to find another way to move the football. You can't put all of the weight on Carson Wentz's shoulders with this passing game and expect him to just throw you to victories week in and week out. You got to come up with some balance, and that's going to be trying to establish a run game. Didn't get it done again this week on the ground. Now, the thing you have to be feeling great about if you're an Eagles fan, the defense to me is legit. Yeah. This defense is very, very good. And they were put in some tough positions during the course of the game, and that's going to happen. They wore down in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. You know, the fourth quarter, you take away the struggles of the fourth quarter. You came into this game saying that you're going against a very good quarterback in Alex Smith, probably underrated to some degree, but was lights out, was the Offensive player of the week in the AFC in that win over the Patriots. And the he win. doesn't make mistakes. That's the biggest he thing. Doesn't does make, not make mistakes. He does not turn the ball over. But you always thought of him as, you know, a dink and dunk guy. Game manager. But he wasn't that way against the Patriots. Because mm-hmm. he has all these tools now that's disposable in Travis Kelsey, in Tyreek Hill, and now Kareem Hunt. Well, the Eagles did a great job of containing Tyreek Hill. Jim Schwartz, give him credit for this. He knows how to limit those explosive weapons. You look at the top-notch wide receivers he faced a year ago. Yeah. He's not going to let that guy beat you 
on a week in and week out basis. Okay, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was the dagger this week, which is rare that a tight end becomes a thorn in the Eagles' side for a Jim Schwartz defense here. He's so awesome when he has the ball in his hands. I mean, I think he's probably the best tight end running after the catch in the league. I mean, we talk about having wiggle. That big boy has wiggle to him. You watched him leap over defenders. I mean, the effort to get in the end zone was uh, was uh, nothing short of miraculous. He had to leap over a defender and then get through two guys. So uh, Alex Smith just dumping the ball off and then letting his weapons uh, make plays. One more point about the defense, uh, along with that uh, Travis Kelsey play, uh, the Kareem Hunt play, I mean, you just see guys missing tackles, and that's where you saw the defense wear down uh, late in the second half of this game. I thought they did a good job, a great job, actually, bottling up Kareem Hunt for the majority of the game. He had the one big run where he broke that fourth touchdown, and then he broke tackles to get the other touchdown late in the game. Uh, but I thought that was due to the defense just wearing down that fourth quarter, working on the short field. You put too much pressure on them when you give the ball away and scoring in, in the opposing team's scoring area to, to force this Eagles team to get off the field. And with that said, the Eagles had an opportunity with a Vinnie Curry sack there. If he gets a sack there, it's fourth down, you kick a field goal. Now you're looking at if he makes it, it's a 16-13 game. You still got a ball game. He can't bring down Alex Smith. He picks up the key first down. Next thing you know, they're taking it in for a touchdown. I, I thought Vinnie Curry had such a good game. He did have a good game. Today. Very good game, flying around the ball, very disruptive, You know, caused a lot of havoc in the backfield. But that's the one play that you need him to make. And when yeah. you look at the defensive ends and the defensive line in general, Jim Schwartz and Chris Wilson, they preach that they want the guys to finish. They want not just get to the quarterback. We, we saw it with Brandon Graham all last season. He could get to the quarterback. Could he bring him down? And at times today, they did a good job of that. They really got to Alex Smith. I thought they got him to be a little jittery in the pocket. Four sacks today. Four sacks today. Yeah. He did a great job getting the pressure. But that was the one, that third That's the one down. That's you had to have. And, you know, another underrated aspect. Jim Schwartz talked about this. Another underrated aspect of Smith's game is his mobility, his yeah. way to escape the pocket. And we Very saw good that. athlete. You know, they designed the run-pass option plays for him to take advantage of that. You, you don't know. They create so much misdirection that you don't know who's going to get the ball on any given play. And overall, I thought that the defense was, for the most part, pretty disciplined. But you go to that third, it was a third and four, I believe. Alex Smith scrambles to his left. He gets away from Vinnie Curve. No, no clue whatsoever how he's able to escape the pressure. Gets the first down, keeps it alive. The next play, Travis Kelsey gets a first down, leaping over Rasul Douglas, and then he gets a shovel pass score for 15 yards out. You know, so that really, to me, the big moment. And that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to come down to, in those clutch moments, who's going to be able to deliver those game-changing plays. And on this day, Ike, it was quite simple that the Chiefs' offense was able to come through with the big plays when they needed them. The Eagles' defense needs just another stop, another turnover, needs something at some point. Not able to get the job done. But last week, Ike, the Chiefs offense scored 42 points. They had over 550, I forget the exact total, 550 total yards. And you look at what they were able to do today, okay? Yeah. 344 total yards. You obviously wouldn't want that to come down. But 232 yards in the passing game with the weapons at the disposal. The rushing yards, you mentioned with the Eagles, how pretty much half of them came off of Carson Wentz, almost half of them. And Kareem Hunt, he pretty much got all of his rushing yards off the one big play, the 53-yard yep. touchdown there, which answered the Eagles' touchdown from Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, just needed to do more offensively, really. 
Uh, I thought the defense played an outstanding game for about 45 to 50 minutes of this football game. Needed more from the offense, but I, I, I'll give the offense this. When you're one-dimensional and you can't run the ball, it wasn't uh, without cause. I mean, that's a very good Kansas City Chiefs defense. They have pride. You saw that they started to wear our offensive line down late in the game. I thought Carson had moments where he had time to throw the ball back there in the pocket, but if you're going to be one-dimensional, that Chiefs defense, Bob Sutton, he's going to send extra guys, and that's what they saw in the second half. A lot of extra pressure coming. Uh, Sorensen was big time uh, with his pressure packages. Uh, D4, all these guys able to overwhelm our offensive line uh, in the second half. And I, I really thought that was the difference, that Carson didn't look as comfortable uh, late in that game as he had looked earlier in the game. Well, the first, I thought the first half, the pass protection, even though, like you mentioned, they were one-dimensional, I thought the pass protection was, was very there. good. Yeah. He had clean pocket. He had time in the pocket. He could step into his throws. But like you mentioned, that wasn't there in the second half. And maybe that's just a result of having to backpedal every single time, knowing that you're going to be throwing the ball time after time again. But you look at the numbers here, Ike, you know, 333 yards, but largely because he had to throw the ball yeah. 46 times. Okay? He was sacked six times. I mean, you're asking him to drop back 50-plus times. Yeah. You know, this is a high rate already. You look at the Eagles and not be able to get the run game going in the first two weeks. I think that's going to be the biggest question for this team moving forward. And you don't get an easy task next week when the Giants come to town yeah, for the home I, opener. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you look at the schedule the next few weeks, uh, they're facing some pretty good defenses. I mean, San Diego has a pretty good defense as well with that front seven. So if, if, if the Eagles are going to righten the ship and get back on the winning ways of doing things, they have to be able to get that running game going. Listen, I love Carson Wentz. I love when he wings it, throws the ball out there. We like watching him do it. But like you just said, you ask him to drop back 50-plus times, you're asking for trouble. So you got to get the running game going. Didn't get LeGarrette Blunt any carries today. It'd be interesting to hear Doug's thoughts on why he wasn't a bigger part of the game plan. Uh, maybe because Kansas City's defense is a fast defense and they wanted quicker running backs to sort of hit the holes or what have you. I thought Dan Sproles did a decent job, um, you know, running the football at times. But, you know, I – you, you got to get the running game going. I just don't see how you can ask Carson to throw the ball as much as he's thrown the ball the first two weeks. We got away with it in Washington last week against a better defense. Um, the sacks, you know, even though the sacks aren't turnovers, they're negative plays. They put you behind the chains. They're they put killers. you in second yeah. and 15, third and 19. I mean, those are hard uh, uh, first downs to convert when you're looking at third and extra, extra long like that. So uh, I just think that makes it difficult difficult for your offense, and we mentioned Giants next week, great secondary. Uh, we got to be able to get the running game going. It's interesting because I don't know if you caught it during the broadcast, but the announcer said that Doug in their pregame meeting said that he wanted to feed the ball specifically to Alshon, number 17, Zach Ertz, 86, and Darren Sproles. So he yeah. wanted to feature the playmakers today. So it's interesting because you pretty much saw that within the game plan. You saw the amount of targets go each of those players' way, but you didn't get the ball, like you said, to LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah. And even if you try to at least sell the idea that you're going to be trying to establish the run game. You know, I don't know if it's just the pace of the game, the way things went. I mean, it was a defensive slugfest. Yeah. You know, they, both teams went down the field pretty easily on their opening drives, each put up a field goal, and you said, this might be a track meet. They might be going back and forth all day long. And then it slowed down well, for It slowed quarters. down completely. <laughs> you know, both defenses, to their credit, adjusted, and then all of a sudden – you, but you don't have a chance to establish a running game. That's probably the time where you wish you had done it. So maybe 
you're out there a little bit longer in the fourth quarter. Maybe the defense is a little bit fresher. I don't know. But that's going to be the big question for the offense is how to establish the running game. Well, think about it. You know, you look at, if you just look at the Chiefs' offense, they, they stumbled around all day as well. They couldn't get a whole lot of rhythm going. No. Couldn't get the running game going with Kareem Hunt. But then you watched in that third quarter – uh, they kept feeding Kareem Hunt the ball, and they kept churning it and churning it, and he finally broke one. He finally broke a big one uh, on a nice little draw play, a well-designed quick trap draw play inside there where Kareem Hunt was able to break free, and he also got a touchdown, a second touchdown uh, in the game late. So sometimes you got to just stick with it, and hopefully it'll break sooner or later. But I thought the Eagles at one point felt like we weren't getting enough positive yardage with the running game, and sometimes it's easy – to just go back to the guy who has the golden arm and allow him to make plays with his arms. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this for the offense. The passing game was there. You know, as great as this Chiefs defense is, Alshon Jeffrey had a pretty good day today. Zach Ertz had a good day today. Torrey Smith, a good day today. He, he bounced back in the second half and came up with some big catches uh, to move the chains. So uh, the passing game was working. It's just that it became too predictable. And when you're this predictable, predictable, against a defense like the Chiefs have, eventually they're going to get theirs. And that's what happened. That defensive line, that defensive front of the Chiefs eventually started getting the Carson Wentz. It, it's also you don't want to see your quarterback getting hit that many times. Exactly. Because, okay, it's two sacks this week, three sacks this week. This week it was six, in fact. But he's taking those hits. That's going to have a cumulative effect by the time we get into November and December when you need him playing his best football. You don't want your quarterback worn down. And you also don't want to be, you, you mentioned the golden arm, but it's also the feet as well. Yeah. You know, the scramble drills seem to make the biggest plays. Those are where a lot of the magic is happening right now for this offense. And it's almost, you can't rely on it. It's not something you can go in and have the playbook and say, let's go to where Carson Wentz bails us out and gets us a 60-yard touchdown, you know, to Torrey Smith or whomever. On it's a, a feel. It's a feel yeah. for him. Um, Which is great to have. Yeah. It's a great thing to have in the arsenal, but it's almost you can't rely on it. Now watch me nitpick about it because I, yeah. I, I wish he had it taken off a couple other times. That's he's true. standing back there and he's waiting for his receivers to uh, get open. I thought the offensive line had done a decent job of keeping guys off of him, but he's standing in the pocket waiting for guys to get open, and basically he gave up two or three coverage sacks where had he just used his legs and escaped to the right or to the left, um, maybe he makes a play with his legs or he basically gets a guy open because he's moved the pocket, which moves the defense as well. Like I said, that's nitpicking. And when you're out there on the field, uh, I'm not the one looking down the barrel of red jerseys coming at me. Mm -hmm. And whether or not my guy is getting open or should I take off, he rushed for 55 yards only on four attempts. I just thought there were a couple other times where had he escaped to his right or to his left, he would have avoided a sack. And if nothing else, you could have thrown the ball away as opposed to taking a negative play there. That maybe is the difference of going against a guy like Alex Smith, yeah. who's been in the league since 2005, number one, former number one overall pick, and he has that awareness, that uh, game situation experience. I think yeah. the situational football is something that was preached a lot about Carson Wentz this offseason in working in those third down and red zone situations. Those types of situations probably come into factor as well. So, again, Carson Wentz there, you know, you want to see him use those legs definitely to – buy time in the pocket, but you don't want to see on every down basis. But you no. do want to see him be able to take off when the offensive line has everything blocked up and there's just nothing coverage-wise for you down the field to throw the ball to. 
And he's done a much better job this year of protecting himself yes. when he gets out of the pocket. So you remember last year he was trying to hurl, uh, hurdle people at times and even taking hits on his shoulders. I thought today he did a great job when he did decide to escape the pocket of knowing how to get down or get out of bounds. A couple times thought he was going out of bounds, and he extended the play by cutting it back in there. So there's the athleticism that you see from this guy that's underrated and I think catches defenses uh, by surprise at times. He can slide. He can slide. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Is mm -hmm. and I think we are, this is where we realize that even though he's had a full year of experience, he still only has 18, 18 games. games. 18 games. 18 career games. Yeah. So that's a part of the development that we're still unfolding. Again, you know, you look at the numbers here again from today: 333 yards, just over 50 percent completion percentage. You know, as we want to see this team make such an astronomical jump from year one to year two, going from seven to nine last year to you know, double-digit wins or whatnot this season, you see the potential is there. But obviously you're going to have those strides. There's going to be those growing pains along the way. But one thing that I'm taking out of today is it's great that the Eagles invested in the weapons around him. Yeah. That he has you guys like... see that, yeah. That is, you know, when the Eagles are in an offensive funk, you realize that they can so quickly get out of it because he could say, I could throw the ball to Alshon Jeffrey in one-on-one -on -one coverage. Yeah. And, you know, if he's not... Ballon, Marcus Peters, guess what? If he's against Philip Gaines, I love that matchup. You know, Torrey Smith, he's got the speed. You know, we're still waiting for the deep ball deep to ball. connect, so to speak. Uh, Matt Collins, you know, like the, nice, the way he was nice sprinkling in here today. today yeah. nice, nice job here getting his first couple NFL receptions. Zach Ertz being the reliable one, just about everything that's in his direction, unless it's basically hitting the ground before it gets to him. <laughs> right. You know, he's he catches catching. everything. He's caught yeah. pretty much everything his yeah. way so far this season. He's been targeted consistently, but he's been a reliable for Carson Wentz. You know, and then the guys out of the backfield. One, one area, especially ironic going against an Andy Reid team, is the screen pass. Yeah. And that, why that has struggled so much. And I don't know if it's because – Late in the game when they were trying to go to screen pass, you knew the, the pressure was just coming in and, you know, they were just feasting on whatever they could get back there. But it's interesting how that aspect has struggled here through the first, really through the first two games here. And, and screens are hard to sort of read to figure out where's the issue at. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to send it now to Kansas City where Doug Peterson is now addressing the media. All right. Um, it's an area that we have to uh, address, we have to fix offensively. Uh, obviously, I wasn't um, uh, pleased with how we ran the ball uh, really the first two weeks. Um, it's not one individual. Uh, it's a team effort, so we gotta, we got to fix that going forward. Is this, a, is this the direction you're going now? As in? As in not having one who... Oh, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't stand up here and say that. Um, we just got to get the whole thing fixed. I mean, it's uh, when you play good teams like we did, good defenses, uh, you have to have the ability to run the ball. Uh, this is two weeks in a row we struggled, so uh, it's, a, uh, it's an area that we have to fix. How big a deficit is that for your quarterback to not have a running game to rely on as far as the rush coming at him? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Um, it's tough to, 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 you know, always have to rely on the throw. But listen, we're all in this together. We'll evaluate this film. Um, We'll go back and, and roll our sleeves up and, and, and get it corrected. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, the next time out that we do we do a better job in that area. Do you, do you feel you have to limit the amount of exposure Carson has to get hit? Because he's getting hit a bunch. He's got sacked six times. And he's getting down the field because he's obviously getting out of pocket. It makes something happen. Well, and then 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's some exposure, but at the same time, he also made some great plays with his legs. So that's a give or take. And, um, you know, um, sometimes you give up something to get something and, and uh, part of the game. But, yeah, I, you know, you don't want to expose him like that. Uh, but at the same time, he does an outstanding job with his legs, extending plays and, and keeping drives moving. Yeah, it was a uh, you know um, pass. It just just hit to me. It appeared like it hit a helmet. Um, so uh, something I'll have to watch on the way back and just see for sure. But it looked like it hit a helmet and popped straight up. And you know we just uh, those situations there. You just critical times of the game. Uh, you can't make those mistakes. It seems like Sam Oliver struggled. No, um, got, got a lot of confidence in Isaac, um, you know, and, and uh, again, without evaluating the film, it's, it's, I don't want to point fingers, and, and, but at the same time, we got to make sure that uh, uh, we get him coached up right and, 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 and headed in the right direction. So, Well, again, it's part of the, you know, he's part of the whole, the whole process here, and, and um, you know, it's something that we got to address, we got to fix moving forward. It's, it's not just one guy. Um, it takes all of us, you know, it takes a, takes all 11 uh, in the run game. So we just got to, got to evaluate it, fix it and, and get better. Was that the game plan going into not really keeping the ball and give it more sprawls? Not necessarily. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to show, uh, going in, uh, you know, I felt like we could do, we could do some things against the secondary, uh, against the chiefs and, and, and throwing the ball. Um, obviously you, you, uh, you hope your run game is, is, uh, um, on track and on point, uh, it wasn't. Uh, so, from that standpoint, it was it was uh, it was tough sledding later in the game when when, when sometimes you want to rely on that game uh, run game. So we just got to get it fixed. Um, no way fans or butts. We got to go to work. As far as your secondary, how do you think it held up? I think they held up fine. Uh, did an outstanding job. There were some great plays, some great efforts on defense. Um, you know, uh, they got they got ten points off of our turnovers, and, and it could be a potentially a different football game. So standing here right now, those are things that again um, defense. Uh, I thought uh, Rally did a nice job. We got to eliminate still a couple big plays, uh, try to fix those. But overall, I thought the guys that stepped in played well, uh, played hard, got some great experience. Is the confidence still there in the offensive line? A lot of guys this preseason were talking about the big league as one of the best O lines in football. No, the confidence is still there. Uh, there's no, nobody's, uh, you know, Dropping her head or anything like that. I mean, uh, they're, they're still a, still a talented offensive line, very very good. And and um, you know, again, it's you know, this two weeks in a row we've played we've played some good defensive fronts, and and we're going to see another one next week. So uh, we just gotta gotta keep going to work and working hard. Your thoughts on Carson's overall Um, man, I thought he thought he you know again played hard, played tough, made some great decisions, threw the ball accurately down the field. Uh, we had some missed opportunities in the first half that could have extended some drives. Um, showed some toughness late in the game. You know, obviously there were there were a couple things. You know, the pick is obviously a he had a he had a fumble in the pocket that he recovered. But you know, those things are are going to happen. But at the same time, we got to eliminate those. But overall, I thought uh, um, thought he played well. Um, I didn't talk to him before the game. Outside, you know, really just I guess pregame spoke to him, just just see how he was doing. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a great atmosphere to play in. Uh, these are these are these are great fans, passionate about their team, and uh, which they should be, uh, much like our fans. And and uh, uh, we're just excited next week to be playing at home. Yeah, they great. Uh, we worked all week against the noise, and um, you know, um, 
we had a false start at one point, but I thought I thought for the most part they handled it really, really well um, and really didn't have any issues. Um, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of my, my, uh, coaching background and everything, obviously I, I credit him for and, uh, played for him and, and worked for him and, and, um, you know, uh, his, his attention to detail, um, his, uh, his drive, his motivation, how well he motivates his players and, and gets the most out of his players, I think are some of the biggest things that, that I've taken away from him, you know, um, the way he prepares during the week, those, those things are, are, uh, you know, um, Things that that uh, you know I continue to grow grow with every every week and, and every game. So great mentor to have. Um, wish him the best going forward. Understand, Doug. You've got to go with what you think's going to work. Yeah. The 56 home passes, 13 home runs. You agree that's not a sustainable. Not at all. I would agree. I would, yeah, I would agree. That's not a balance uh, for success. Um, by no means do you want to do that at all. That's why I made, made the comments earlier about we got to fix the run game. Well, the takeaway is 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 you're right there. Um, team that team that lit the scoreboard up in, in week one up in New England to come back and, and and keep them tied and keep them held down, you know, for for three quarters. Um, the takeaway is we offensively have to uh, have to address our own, you know, uh, needs and and the way we're playing uh, offensively. And, and again, it starts with me as a play caller. Um, again, by no means do I want to throw the ball that many times, but but we got to get the run game fixed, and uh, it's a team effort. And uh, however the game plays out, you know, uh, we try to find a way to win at the end. Um, and uh, the mistakes obviously cost us today. Yeah, you know, um, we had a couple, I know in the first half, uh, you know, third. I think it was a third and two or three, and you know, penalty drops you back a little bit, puts you in another third and long situation. You just can't. Again, you can't put yourself in 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 those situations. And uh, um, the middle part of the game again is an area that we have to we have to address and and uh, you know fix. Um, and and uh, yeah, third and third and long is by you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there because you, you end up uh, uh, having to throw a little bit um, against a good good pass rush. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's head coach Andy, or I was gonna say Andy. Reed. <laughs> you know what? It's We've been talking about him a We've lot this week. Yeah, this week so. it's been a lot. Yeah. Doug Peterson addressing the media after the Eagles' 27 to 20 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at the hands of Andy Reid, who is now nine and three against his former assistants. But the big question that we were talking about already, Ike, is what's happening with the run game. Yeah. What's going to happen there? And uh, Doug's quote, we got to get the whole thing fixed. So it's evident. It's out there. The question is, what do you do? do you, what can you do with the line of scrimmage, with the offensive line? You know, the personnel is a personnel. It's not yeah. like you're going to be obtaining any other change. backs yeah. at this point. And I don't know if even if you were to obtain another back, it would make all that much of a difference there. The one possible move you can make, I mean, obviously, like Eric Blunt, getting him some touches when he doesn't have any carries – that's one thing, but does a rookie Corey Clement get involved? Is that something that the Eagles might say, you know what, apparently they were working more in practice this week. He got some time with the first-team offense even. 
maybe is that something where, you know what, they were filling with the idea for this game, and now it's like maybe we need to accelerate his, his development just a little more. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, you know, this wasn't an ideal situation to have Corey Clement uh, go out there and play a whole lot with the offense. You're an arrowhead. It's loud. Um, that's a ferocious defense. Obviously, protecting the quarterback is the most important thing. We didn't run the ball a whole lot today anyway, so uh, just really wasn't an opportunity that I thought uh, to bring Corey Clement in to play for his first game uh, from, from behind the line of scrimmage. Now, next week at home, friendly confines. It's a lot quieter when the offense has the football. Uh, it's going to be juiced up. It's going to be the energy is going to be certain to be juiced. I think it's time to think about it seriously. I mean, we need, a, we need a back that has the ability to get the tough yards in between the tackles, but as well get to the edge uh, of a defense. It's, you know, this is the type of uh, offensive running game that Doug wants to run. They like guys that can get to the perimeter and use that speed like a Sproles or Wendell Smallwood. But for whatever reason, you know, Sproles had his moments today, but it wasn't consistent. And with uh, LeGarrette Blunt, I'm not so sure – He's the type of uh, running back that's going to run on the perimeter. He'll get you the tough yards between the tackles, but he's not running on the perimeters uh, to, to, to break down angles. A guy like Corey Clement, he's not super fast, but he has decent speed, and he's certainly a runner that runs with his uh, shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage and can break tackles. I think it would be a nice change of pace. He certainly would play with a lot of energy, uh, playing at home when he's from this area. Yep. You need something to spark that run game. Why not? Exactly. Why not? Why not? And I'm sure that the Eagles are going to exhaust all possibilities, and I think Corey Clement will at least get more of a look in practice. Now, whether or not he gets the ball next week, that'll be determined on the field of the game. But I guarantee you, he's moving closer and closer up that depth chart. Well, if you're not producing, you <laughs> yeah. got to do something. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're getting to the point where we've seen this now for two weeks. And you've seen it against two good defenses. Two good defenses, Two good yeah. front front steps, yep. okay? And two, three, four front. So I don't know if that's going to give this team more trouble. I don't know. You'll see a basic four, three front yeah. next week. So I don't know if that will alter so many things, but something to consider at least. But if we're having this week after week after week, at some point you're going to say something has to change or we're going to be talking about this in week 10 and week 15 and at the end of the season as to why the Eagles maybe didn't get, weren't able to reach their pot potential or yeah. fulfill it is because of what we've been talking about here in these early weeks of the season. So I so badly wanted to see the Eagles win, not just get to 2-0. I, I don't know if you saw the stat during the broadcast that the last time the Eagles went 2-0 on the road in both games to start a season was 1949. Okay, we're going way back time, okay, to when they were the champions. But I wanted this team to go 2-0 on the road, you know, against Washington, against Andy Reid and the Chiefs, and to come back to Philadelphia in front of that raucous crowd. I mean, this crowd's going to be fired up because you've had to wait a couple extra weeks to see your team in your house. Yeah. But could you just imagine the electricity, the intensity, the feeling in the building to have the New York Giants come to town on a short week because they played Detroit they on Monday morning. night yeah. and to have them in your house for that first game. It, it's almost making me think um, the way Alshon Jeffrey played today. Could we get the T.O. game from 2004? Yeah. Where you had the home opener against the Giants and three touchdowns, three touchdowns, yeah. and I'll take know, that. <laughs> you know, but that—that's kind of the energy, I'll the excitement that. I was looking forward to. So it's still going to be an amazing scene at the link next week, no question about it. But 
you were just hoping to have that little extra bit with the 2-0 and and just, the, like, all week, everyone would just be, like, juicing up for it. To get yeah, no doubt that. about it. And listen, this is the NFL, so there are no moral victories. This isn't college football where if you keep the game close <laughs> against Alabama, everybody feels good going back home. It's the NFL. So uh, certainly the Eagles aren't in this thing to take moral victories out of it. But when all the dust settles and the emotion and the passion dies down a little bit, let's say Tuesday or Wednesday, when we realize we started off the season with two road games against a divisional opponent and a very tough place to go and win in Arrowhead Stadium, and you're one and one. And that's the bottom line. Correct. You, you'd love to be 2-0, and oh, no doubt about that, but you're one and one with two tough uh, road games to start off the season. Um, we come home, face the Giants, another, another divisional opponent. We got to have it. Got to have next week's game. And here's the thing is you got the more important of the two. If we're looking big you got picture, the divisional game, yes. you got the divisional game. Yep. So if you were going to say you're going to be one-on-one, pick which one, you might say the Kansas City Chiefs because of the claim, you beat Andy, <laughs> you know, yeah. the Chiefs have made all these deep playoff runs. But quite honestly, the division one is going to be so much more important. Because when you look at their wins from last year, it was all those teams like the Pittsburgh and Chicago. Right. Like those ones teams that, like, that weren't in the division. Weren't yeah. in the division. Like, all right, you had your seven wins, but you want to get them within the division. And to get that one on the road to kick things off, so very important because you didn't have that last year. I agree. Okay? I you know, agree. in the division games on the road, you did not win any last year. So to get the first one out of the way, you get the Giants at home, go to 2-1, two, two wins in the division, you know, depending on how the Cowboys do later on, or they're playing right now against Denver. I don't have the score. They were trailing early 7 nothing. Who knows? Maybe Denver helps us out, and then maybe you're tied for first place in the division yeah. after three weeks, which would be a great feeling, we'll a take great it. thing to have. So we'll take it. to keep rolling in this first month of the season. So we're waiting to hear from quarterback Carson Wentz in just a few moments. Doug was asked a short time ago about Carson Wentz's performance. And by and large, I like what I saw from him. Again, it's when you ask him to 46 pass attempts, yeah. sack six times, you know, some – some was a pressure late in the game. Some were covered sacks when we discussed already how he could have scrambled out of the pocket. Mm -hmm. probably the throwing to the helmet was, was the one. Yeah. That, that was the one. That To me, that was the bad play of the day. Yes. Yeah, that was the only bad one of the day. You know, um, he had the, you know four rushing attempts for 55 yards. So, you know, those are dropbacks as well. So pretty much you're looking 56 times. Yeah. He's being asked to drop back. You know, it, it's against that defense. Against this defense <laughs> on the road. It, it's reminiscent of the Bengals game. From yeah. last season yeah. to a to a great extent, where it was it was sixty times yep. he dropped back, yep. or sixty attempts. I forget the the final number, but I remember it was up there. And you're saying back then we were saying this is a rookie quarterback going against a tough defense in a road environment, offense is struggling, just all those factors not coming together for you. This is another one where maybe a year ago this would have been or this would have created more disastrous results. But the way that he's matured, the way he's grown in his game, you know, you can rely on him and he can keep you close in these types of ball games, which is great to see. Now the next level is being able to win these types of ball games. He's the real deal. Yes. Make, make no mistake about that. He is the real deal. And like you just mentioned, that's the next step in his game. Going into a hostile environment like Arrowhead Stadium and coming out there, coming out of there with a victory. Even with having turned the ball over uh, for the go-ahead score with the uh, interception, uh, you still have an opportunity to answer that answer that score back. And that's what uh, the Bradys and the uh, the Mannings and the Breezes and, and those type of guys, that's what they do on the road in tough environments. And Carson's getting there. He's getting there. We're talking about the 18th game of his career, back-to-back 300-plus-yard -back games, two touchdowns, 
But the one turnover, I guarantee you that's the one he's going to wish he could have back. And then if we, if I know Carson, right, in this short time that he's been a Philadelphia Eagle, this is a guy that strives to be perfect. He'll talk about throws that he wishes he had back that may have would have given his uh, receivers a better chance to pull him in because he is perfect. He is meticulous when it comes to his game, and he puts a lot of weight on him, on his own shoulders to be perfect and do everything correctly. But I'll tell you. Uh, each week watching this kid, you see something different. You see a special play out of him every game. Uh, we've said it over and over and over again since he took the field last year against Cleveland. The future is bright, uh, not only for this organization, but uh, primarily for Carson Wentz moving forward. I mean, that's a tough Chiefs defense that he played up against today. And he can – I know we threw it a lot. But he completed a lot of balls. Yes. <laughs> we threw it a lot, and I know yards can pile up after a while. fact of the matter is, he threw a lot of balls, and he only had the one interception really ricocheted off yeah. somebody's helmet. It wasn't as if it was a, a poorly thrown ball that he threw right into the lap. No, accuracy is by large good. Yeah. That's the thing is the one thing. Had some drops, too. Had some drops, a yeah. couple key drops, couple especially key we drops mentioned the one with Smith yeah. there on the first drive. Yeah. Couple, one area where maybe it's a timing thing is with Alshon Jeffrey, I want to see him trust Alshon's jump ball ability. There were two passes, both were in the red zone, along the left sideline, and the one time, you know, Alshon pretty much went on defense on both those times because the ball was maybe a little overthrown and, you know, he really had no chance to make it. You know, Alshon is so great at these 50-50 balls, give him the opportunity to make the play. And that's something that's just going to come with time. It's coming, yep. But, you know, Loft that ball up just a little bit higher because, and at the very least, maybe Alshon draws a PI. You know, that's a situation there where all of a sudden, where, you know, Alshon goes up for the ball, gets tangled up by the DB. Most times they're going to throw the flag, yeah. especially someone Alshon's nature because they figure the big guy should be able to get up there, get that ball. If he, for some reason, not getting it, guess what? Maybe we'll throw the flag on there. Yeah. It's almost reactive at that point. So that's probably the one area with him that you want to see improve. Just a little bit there. So, speaking of the quarterback, Carson Wentz, he is set to address me. He's making his way up to the podium now at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Let's hear from the second-year quarterback. Hey, Carson, what happened on the interception? Uh, it, was, it was a screenplay. Obviously, it was a bad throw, and it got, got tipped around, and they made the play. Where were you trying to throw it? Uh, throw it where Sproles was in that vicinity. I think he was falling over, so I was more or less just trying to throw it away. Yeah, I think first of all, that's that's a good defense. That's a good D line. Uh, second of all, I got to go watch the tape. You know, I thought the O line, uh, I thought they played well. You know, I think um, I don't know what the numbers were, but a number of the sacks I was holding on the ball for a while. So um, I think the O line played well. Um, we'll go back and watch the tape and and really kind of get that get that honed in. Yeah, you know, I think it's tough. I mean, we, um, again, that's a good defense. That's a good defense, and we thought, um, we just thought we could make plays in the passing game, and, and kind of, uh, that's just kind of the way that the game went today. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about the run game. I know we'll get, that'll be a big part of our offense going forward. So, um, again, it's just kind of the flow of the game today. After yeah. how involved with Garrett was last week, were you surprised to see him not have a you know, when you got a couple running backs that all can can do different things, um, 
my surprise, I wouldn't say surprised, you know, last week, Wendell wasn't as involved. You know, it's just kind of when you got three guys, it's hard to get get them all involved. And I think we only had 13 running plays today anyway, so it's hard to get everyone touches sometimes. There's 13 running plays and you passed 46 times. You need to see more balance come to this offense. You know, obviously more balance is usually the way to go. But again, it was kind of just the nature of this game, the way they were playing some things and some things that we thought we could take advantage of that kind of let us down that route. And then obviously late in the game, when we're, when we're down, you know, we're throwing every down. So um, that always kind of sways things a little bit. I think you said the turnover was just a bad throw, but what were you trying to do there? Like, what was it was a screenplay, so I was trying to throw it away. On that play, how much of it is bad luck? How much of it is on you? I'll have to watch the tape. You know, obviously, any time a ball gets tipped around, it's bad luck. But obviously, I'd rather not throw it into a D lineman's helmet. Yeah. What, what'd you think? Yeah, you know, that's a good team. It's a good football team. They were a playoff team last year. Um, they just went went on the road and beat New England last week. So that's a good football team. This is a good environment to play. Um, you know, I thought we, we competed. You know, at the end of the day, they made more plays than us. Um, but we fought all the way to the end. And so uh, there's a lot of good things that I think we did. Um, again, we just came up short, and uh, we're going to get some of those things fixed. I'm always the, the missed opportunities. You know, I always think of, of where we could have capitalized, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought we played our tails off. We fought to the end. Um, you know, we had two turnovers. You know, that's always always tough on the road in an environment like this against a good football team. Um, so there's missed opportunities. But again, we were right there in the, in the ball game all the way to the end. Um, so there's there's good and bad to take Carson away from this one. Yeah, you know, that's just, I mean, they they made the way they were playing coverage-wise today, the back shoulder was kind of the thing to take advantage of. And um, we, we hit, hit it a couple times. We missed that one. And that's just the way, way football goes sometimes. Carson, when, when you all recovered the onside kick with five yep. seconds left, why do you feel like it was a good idea to just go ahead and go for the end zone as opposed to trying to sideline route, maybe stop the clock with the seconds left? Because five seconds is not a lot of time. Yeah, that, that's football. You know, that's football. You know, we learned it last year. Uh, we had a lot of close ball games that we just didn't didn't find a way to win. Uh, last week we pulled it out on the road. This week we came up a little short. Again, it's a good football team. Uh, a lot of things to, that we did well. A lot of things we can fix, and, and we'll learn from it. Um, you know, the crowd was a big part of the day, but I don't think it impacted so much. I mean. Their defense is pretty straightforward, um, so we kind of just called it and, and let it ride today for the most part. And um, again, we just didn't make enough plays. Did you feel like there was time to be on the ball too long? Yeah, that's part of it. You know, there's definitely again, anytime there's there's big plays to be made. Sometimes when I'm scrambling, and obviously there's going to be sacks and times where you hold on to it. Um, so it's going to be a constant thing, kind of every week, just knowing when's the right time, and you just got to find the find the right balance of it. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, I've always felt really good chemistry with him. Obviously, today, um, I think he was almost 100 yards or something like that. But um, felt good with him, felt good with other receivers. Um, and we're just going to keep building on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. You know, I think that was something they'd shown just a little bit on tape, um, and they pretty much just held on to that until the second half. So uh, we were kind of focused in and honed in on our calls by then, and then they started mixing it up. So so hats off to them. You know, they, they did some good things at half to kind of make some adjustments there and um, create some mismatches, so to speak, in the backfield. But I thought the blitz pickup was still pretty solid. How do you feel like you're shaking your leg? Yeah, we're good. We're good. How do you feel like uh, Darren played? Again, I'll have to go back and watch the film, but I thought Darren, with his with his running opportunities, I thought he ran hard. You know, I thought he he ran his tail off in the in the passing game. I mean, he did a good job. Screen game, you know, we we missed a couple. We missed a couple. Some of those were on me. Some we just didn't have a lane. And um, there were some big plays big plays there to be made too. But but Darren's a, just quite the competitor. I know when he had the fumble, you know, we, no one really worries about him. You know, he's he's been around, and if anything, that just kind of ticked him off a little bit to, to play harder. So, um, yeah, I, I love I love when Sproles in the game with, out there. Take some more yeah, yeah, it was just the way they were playing coverage. It was kind of start over here and progress back, and, and he did a really good job on that route, kind of making. Uh, I believe it was the safety covering him, kind of making him think he was going to the corner and come back, and um, he got open and the line protected it up. So he was one of your later progressions. It was really he was like my second progression. It was just a slower developing play. We were at the I think eight yard line or something like that. So um, it took some time to develop, and the line did a good job. Carson, you said there were you said there were a lot of actual drops today. Was it a lot of man coverage, or how were they fighting? A lot of man. You know that's what they do. That's what they. Do. All right, so we were probably about to lose Carson Wentz in a few moments anyway, so a few seconds early there. I don't know if you heard the question, like, could you imagine when the Eagles were re recovered the onside kick? Trey Burton did a great job of knocking the ball down the field, scooping it up, giving the Eagles one last chance with five seconds left. Could you have only imagined what would happen if they did a little screen pass, a little dump off to Darren Sproles, <laughs> runs up the field, gets to, like, the 10-yard line, makes it scintillating, and time runs out. Game ends. Yeah. We, we, everyone would be called for Doug. Like, what do you do? Yeah, that's not good. Not so, good. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, tough, tough way to end the game. Tough yeah. question for Carson to have to answer. Yeah. They made the right play call. That's what you do there. Hail Mary. That's what you do. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you had the opportunity was borderline miraculous. <laughs> you know, we, we thought we were going to get, I don't know what we would have called it. Look at lateral. Great. Or I, you could have done that, but I'm, I'm thinking what we would call that game. You know, you can't right. do Miracle of the Meadowlands, obviously. It, it would have had some kind of funny name to it. But, um, yeah, that, that would have been interesting to see if that's how that went. You could have done the hook and ladder, but if you do a screen pass, then it's like, what's Doug doing? You, you, got, you got Alshon, you got, you got Tor, you got Zach Ertz. You go to the end zone. One chance. <laughs> Get one shot at this thing. Exactly. One so, shot. The fact we that need to Harold Carmichael back there. That's what we needed, man. <laughs> Yeah, 17, it's just the Oh, the that's new right, version. 17 was out 17 there, was out there on the got, field, so <laughs> maybe it was Harold, just for old time's sake. So we're going to take a quick break here. Now, obviously we're disappointed the team is one one but we're going to explain why, big picture, the Eagles have put themselves in great position. We're also going to show you some All-22 analysis from Greg Cosell and Fran Duffy and give you our nominees for the Player of the Week Award from Toyota, which you get to vote on. Now, if you're watching us on Facebook or Twitter, We've got to say goodbye. So you can come on over and watch the rest of the show on PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the Eagles app. So we will see you after these messages.
Don't overpay for your diamonds. For more than 30 years, Golden Nugget Jewelers has been cutting and polishing the most beautiful ethical diamonds in the world and selling them at factory direct prices. We are proud to be the only authorized dealer in Philadelphia for Takori, Garaggio, and Michael M. And a proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Check out our five-star reviews online. Then visit us on Jewelers Row and see why we sell more loose diamonds than any other retailer in the tri-state area. Golden Nugget Jewelers, where Philly gets engaged. With Simply Right Checking from Santander Bank, just make one deposit, payment, withdrawal, or transfer each month to waive the monthly fee, and there's no minimum balance. You're all right with Simply Right Checking from Santander Bank. McDonald's introduces the new signature crafted sriracha sandwich made with a new sriracha mac sauce with a kick of spice. All right, welcome back to the post game show presented by Rico. Ike, I recall a conversation with Troy Vincent I had years ago when you guys first got Don and McNabb in the building and how the attitude just changed within the locker room, within the team, of how certain games before Donovan, you knew when you lined up on the field. It was going to be tough. Yeah. It wasn't even, you had no chance. It wasn't even tough. It was, you had no chance to win. true. This is true. Tori said, the difference with Donovan is you knew each and every week you at least had the opportunity. You were favored more often than not, but yeah. you at least had the opportunity to win ball games. I feel like, as we're looking at big picture of this team with them one-on-one -on -one now, Carson Wentz, you know you're going to have a shot each and every week. If you could go to Arrowhead and Everyone talked about the noise. The noise wasn't a factor today. I think there was one, one false, false start. start. One, one false, false start. start today. Noise, by and large, wasn't a factor today. You know, you could rely on Carson to drop back 60-plus times over the course of a ball game, not make a ton of mistakes, and give you an opportunity. And, you know, in both halves, again, miraculous fashion where, you know, the one ball gets bobbled by the Kansas City cornerback. Zach Ertz, great awareness, catches it, almost yeah. scores a touchdown. Then at the end of the game, Trey Burton, great job to get the onside kick. You have a shot. You just have a shot at the end of the game. You know the fact that he drove, Wentz drove him down, got the touchdown to Aguilar to at least make it respectable at the end. Because when it was 27-13, you said if this is the final score, it's not indicative of how the game was played. Again, Agreed. it was a tie game with nine minutes left. Yep. Okay, couple slip-ups by the defense. That's where they stood at that point. But the fact is, each and every week as an Eagles fan, you know at this point that you feel good because Carson Wentz is wearing that number 11 jersey and lining up in the huddle on your offense. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, this is going to be a good football team this year. How good of a football team would that be? Uh, we're going to find out as this season unfolds. You got a big game, divisional opponent coming in here next week, the New York Giants on a short week. You got to bounce back after a tough loss. That's the other things good football teams do is they bounce back after a tough loss. They don't allow this thing to turn into a losing streak. So Eagles need to get back to basics this week in practice and get ready for the Giants next week. All right, so the most targeted receiver in today's game was one Alshon Jeffrey who scored his first touchdown as an Eagle. We're going to do a little all-22 analysis here and bring in 
Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell, who take us to the RICO whiteboard for this week's RICO review. very sharp today and now we're dealing with Jeffrey who here he's actually in the slot and he's matched against Philip Gaines and this is what you're hoping from Alshon Jeffrey this is the kind of receiver he is he runs what we call a slot fade and it's really the kind of route and kind of throw that's usually contested you're not running away from a corner and if you freeze it right here what you're going to see this is not bad coverage by Philip Gaines Jeffrey looked back for the ball Gaines looked back for the ball so this is not a case where he's separating and he's wide open but this is what Alshon Jeffrey is he's the kind of receiver that can make catches when the corner is right there with him and that's exactly what happens here and it's a good throw too by the way yeah you can go back this is a very similar play to when Carson Wentz hit Jordan Matthews for his first ever NFL touchdown that's right. it's that that's slot right. front the yeah. slot fade and one of the good things about that slot fade the receivers got so much room and the quarterbacks got so much room yeah. towards the sideline to be able to put this ball and he puts it right on Alshon Jeffrey's back shoulder it, and you see him come up it's the catch. a really good route against man-to-man -man coverage because normally when you're in the slot the outside receiver runs kind of a hitch and it opens the space for the slot fade and you see it here and as we said that's what Alshon Jeffrey is he's a big receiver he's a physical receiver he's as they like to say now a 50-50 catch guy he makes contested catches yeah and some we like to say that some of those 50-50 balls without Alshon, not quite 50-50, more like 75-25, 80-20. Well, we'd and like to hope that's the case. No, no question yes. about it. So Alshon Jeffrey really getting on the same page as Carson Wentz. Big day for the big receiver. Great stuff, Greg and Fran. There will be more All-22 analysis in the All-22 review tomorrow morning on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. It is so great like having a guy like that, that number 17, not, again, not Howard Carmichael, but Alshon Jeffrey. But just having, being able to develop the offense and allow Wentz to take strides because if he didn't have that talent around him, you know, it might be a situation where last year where he's doing a lot of checkdowns, a lot of short passes. He's not really allowed all of his talent to emerge. And it just opens up the offensive playbook so much more to be able to say, we can get chunk plays, we can get explosive plays when we need to in the course of a game. No doubt about it. I mean, bringing in Alshon, even Torrey today, making his presence felt, uh, it's just going to open up this offense for everybody. And T-Mac, I mean, C-Mac, just wait until we get a running game going. I mean, that makes this offense even more dangerous when they aren't one-dimensional. So <laughs> we got to get the running game going. That's going to open up the passing game even more and makes for the um, we don't become so predictable on offense, which makes it a lot harder for us to have success. To get this running game going, this could be one of the top offenses in the league. That's the thing. It's you knew by the end of the game what was coming at you. You yeah. knew it was going to be either a screen or it was going to be a deep pass. It was going to be first one or the other. The Eagles were going to the pass game time after time again. So, again, for Carson Wentz to drop back as much as he did, to have as few mistakes as he did, to have the production that the offense still was able to have, was able to have all positive signs, you just need that extra element to take things to the next level. We're going to take our last break here on the post-game show presented by Rico. On the other side, we're going to offer our Toyota Player of the Week nominees to find out how you, by the end of the year, could end up in a brand new Toyota. Stay tuned, everyone.
At some houses, weekends are all about peaceful relaxation. At the Carter House, the Dream Whistlers are still trying to find their sound. And by choosing the NRG Free Weekends plan, the electricity supply for all that beautiful noise is free, all weekend long. Lucky them. NRG. Finding the end zone is his specialty. In fact, he's found it over 17 times already today. He is a professional football watcher because he has NFL Red Zone from NFL Network on Xfinity. He catches every touchdown from every game Sunday afternoons all season long. Become a pro fan only with Xfinity. Switch to an X1 triple play and add the sports entertainment package to get NFL Red Zone. Call or go online today. Simply write checking from Santander Bank. Just make one deposit, withdrawal, transfer, or payment each month to waive the monthly fee. And there's no minimum balance. You're all right with Simply Write Checking from Santander Bank. Come and see what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher. Like fresher meat and seafood. And fresher produce and hundreds of organics. And our butchers cut our USDA choice Lancaster beef in store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now's your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. Now, who are you voting for? I'm sure that's what everyone's wondering. We're going to start with number 17 himself, Alshon Jeffrey. Seven catches for 92 yards and his first touchdown as an Eagle Lake. Yeah, big day for the big man, and we've been waiting for him to come through. Only took him two games. Last week missed a couple passes that I know uh, that he wanted back, overthrown a couple times, underthrown. But uh, 13 targets is what I like. I mean, this is what Alshon is going to get. They brought him in here to feed him the football. He's a big possession type of receiver. Uh, he and Carson still working to get uh, get that chemistry going together. But you watch him through the first two weeks, you can tell it's only going to get better as the season goes on here. All right, so you got to give props to the defense for the way they battled for, through pretty much three-plus quarters in today's game. And the guy who is always there at the forefront, none other than 55, Brandon Graham, Half sack, disruptive in the backfield today. Uh, just overall, another relentless performance. Two games, two outstanding performances by Brandon Graham, who I think put the league on notice that he's one of the top four, three defensive ends in the game last year, earning second team All Pro honors. He's right back on track to put himself in the Pro Bowl this season, an honor he did not get a year ago. I agree, and I know this was tough for you today because there were several guys on defense that could have gotten this. The angry bird, Michael Kendricks, with a very good game today, a sack and two tackles for losses. Fletcher Cox with another sack today and also a tackle for loss. So that front uh, is leading the way. Two straight games where they've been after the quarterback. Four more sacks today for this defense. The only difference today is we couldn't take that ball away. But Brandon Graham, I agree with you. Uh, He's leading the charge up front. 
you know, Tim Jernigan, also Tim very Jernigan, deserving yeah. of the honors today. Yeah. So who did I go with for the third nominee? I did go on the defensive side. Okay. And I gave, I gave props to a rookie, okay? I went a little under the radar on this one. Rasul Douglas, all right? Playing in his first NFL game was inactive for the win over Washington. Everyone's probably wondering, well, what did Rasul bring to the table? Remember, they started the game without Ronald Darby because of dislocated ankle. Mm -hmm. Jalen Watkins started outside at cornerback. He goes down trying to track a, a Donnie Jones punt, leaves with a hamstring injury. He exits. The team also loses Rodney McLeod to a hamstring injury. So the secondary, already down a little bit, was hurt even more so by injury today. The rookie comes in and more than holds his own. Solid tackling. He was tested early by Tyreek Hill when he had to cover him. Biggest thing is for him, no big plays allowed. You know, yeah. you look, I figured that once they saw 32 in the game, they knew it was a rookie, a tall, lanky corner. I figured they, they were going to say, Tyreek Hill, you run the go route, you burn him. We're going to test this guy early on. You didn't see that. Really, the only big pass play, you know, other than what Travis Kelsey did from a yards after the catch standpoint, was the Chris Conley catch over Jalen Mills late in the, game, in the game, which is one of the nail in the coffin type plays. But up until that point in the fourth quarter, the, you know, the Chiefs were not really able to do much damage deep against this Eagles secondary. So for Rasul Douglas for having to go in, you know, at a moment's notice and being ready for the call, I'll give him the honor there of being the third Toyota Player of the Week nominee. Nice so. job there. I thought the secondary did a pretty good job on the Chiefs receivers today. Obviously, Travis Kelsey over 100 yards, so we know he was able to get his. But you look at Conley, you look at Tyreek Hill, um, it, they didn't really get a whole lot going. Eight catches between them, under 100 yards, both receivers. We saw what they were able to do to that New England Patriots defense. Uh, we were down a couple men. Lost Rodney McLeod today. Also lost uh, Watkins today as well. So our secondary is getting thinner about a week. Uh, and I thought they did a decent job against this Chiefs passing game. Again, Travis Kelsey got his, but he also got ta uh, targeted an awful lot. And so you throw him a ball enough, he's going to get his catches. I thought the Eagles secondary, this young secondary, did a nice job on the explosive outside guys today. Cross your fingers that McLeod and Watkins, you know, Watkins become an important part of this defense very quickly here, and McLeod's been a reliable one in the backfield there with Malcolm Jenkins over the last year plus. You hope that those will just be day-to-day -day injuries and they'll be able to come back this Sunday against the Giants. So, again, go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote now. We'll announce a winner later on in the week. Now we're going to take a look at the NFL Ticket Exchange Upcoming schedule presented by NFL Ticket Exchange, powered by Ticketmaster. For the only 100% verified way to buy or sell NFL tickets, visit NFLTicketExchange.com. And Ike, you know, one-on-one through two games, Eagles are in good position. You figure two tough games on the road to open the year, you get one under your belt. But it doesn't get much easier. That's the thing as we look here, but at least you have one at home with the Giants coming to town this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we wish we could play 16 games against the Colts, the Bears, the Jags, you know, the teams that aren't very good, San Francisco. But, you know, we don't get to set the schedule. So it's the NFL. You're going to get 16 tough games, six in your own division, and the other two 10 games, uh, depending on who, what division you're going up against that year, you're going to have a tough uh, schedule coming. And this year we play the AFC West, where I think all four teams are very good football teams, much like the NFC East. There, there are no easy games when you face the AFC West. And when I look at the Eagles schedule, you know what I say, Chris? Bring them on. 
Bring them on. If you want to be a good team, you got to beat good teams. Giants up next. Chargers won't be an easy game either going out there to Los Angeles to play those guys. Arizona won't be easy. Denver, none of these games are going to be easy. We're going to have to earn everything that we get, and I'm okay with that because I think this team is a good football team that doesn't necessarily need the benefit of an easy schedule to show that they're a good football team. This team can play with some of the better teams in this league, and we got the first part of our schedule is road heavy. So we got to sort of navigate through this first part of the schedule, and then things will turn in our favor. Again, we got to get healthy. Yes. We, we can't afford to lose many more guys, and we got to get the running game going. I like everything else about our football team. Got to get the running game going, and we got to keep guys healthy. Yeah, because you look at last September. Eagles were 3-0 in the month, and they had the big win over the Steelers. Yep. But you beat up on the Browns, you beat up on the Bears. Look. Can't help who's we'll on take your schedule. Them when we get you gotta take them. You gotta take advantage <laughs> yeah, we'll of it. And you credit deals for that. But it didn't make them a tougher team right. throughout the course of the year. Where this team is already battle tested now, going on the road, being a division rival, having a tough task there at Kansas City. You hope they learn from it. But now they get the home opener against the Giants. Again, if they can get to two and zero in the division, fans will be very, very happy we'll okay. for how the first month has gone. So that's going to do it for us here on the post game show presented by Rico. Everyone can hear Ike Reese on the air tomorrow at 2 p.m. with Chris Carlin on Sports Radio 94 WIP. How do you think the uh, the mood's going to be? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't wait to get in the car to hear the post game shows. Yeah. I mean, I know this fan base, you know this fan of course. base. They'll be riled up. They'll be passionate. They'll be upset. Their Eagles lost. Uh, give it a couple days. It'll subside again. We started the season off two straight road games against two tough teams. We walk away one and one. We'll regroup, get back to take care of the G-Man in the link next week. That's nope. what I'm pumped up for. You got the G-Man in the link next week. That's the thing. It's not like the Cleveland Browns for the home opener yeah. or something like that. You, you got get the Giants. a bitter rival. The guys in the locker room here, they hate the Giants, okay? I That's, hate the Giants. They, okay? <laughs> it, it's pervasive throughout the building yeah. here. So hopefully the Eagles will take care of business at home. So for Fran Duffy, Greg Cosell, Ike Reese, and everyone here at the Eagles, I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back on the air tomorrow at noon for Doug Pearson's press conference. And then we'll have Eagles 360, Dave Spadaro, and Brian Westbrook breaking down the law. So everyone, hope you have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow.